Hello there! Welcome back to Coalesce, the podcast for a modern-day woman. I'm Joy. I'm Natalie. I'm Chanel. And I'm Jameen. In today's episode, we are honoured to have two very special guests, the ladies from Our Bare Hands, to join us in on our conversation. Our Bare Hands is an international collaborative platform that creates unique and quality lifestyle pieces for small producing communities around the world. Their goal is to see every small producing community they work with grow in their ability to fulfill their dreams, including creating a more sustainable livelihood for themselves, their families and their communities. Chanel and Jermaine, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah. So, we saw that you have just turned two. Yes. Happy birthday to our hands. How do you guys feel about, you know, turning two and having this milestone? Honestly, it feels very surreal. I think a lot of times when we are having meetings or whatever, we just like look look at each other and say like, um, are we actually doing this? Mm, yeah, I think like, it just feels yeah. like... Believe yeah, that it you're felt here. like yesterday that we met our first artisan like, mm, community or yeah. met our first customer. So seeing that we have like come two years in, I think it's it's quite hard to believe like, for mm. the both of us. Yeah. Wow. yeah, I mean two years is quite fast but also it's quite slow in that sense because we're doing so many things at one time. Because um, mm, it's also true. just both of us most of the time. Yeah. yeah, but two years is a milestone that all of us, not just Chanel and myself, but of course our customers, our artisans, as well as our collaborators, we all enjoy celebrating this little milestone of ours. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. So both Joy and I and the entire last team are very big supporters of your brand. Yeah. You've got you know, your sandals <laughs> and your earrings and yeah. Uh, yeah, your bags. So we are quite excited to just talk about you know how you guys began, how the story started, and just all about our bare hands. Yeah. But mm. before we get into that, oh, oh. <laughs> what <laughs> We are going to play a little game Yay. to let our listeners to get to know you better before we start in our conversation. So this game or challenge, if you will, um, is called How Well Do You Know Each Other. Oh, <laughs> very, very creative name. <laughs> Wedding game, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. So those in a kahoot. Uh, a wedding game so the rules are very simple we will ask you three questions and all Mm. you need to do is to answer the question for the other person so Mm -hmm. Chanel will answer for Jermaine and Jermaine will answer for Chanel Mm -hmm. and then at the end of it we will see (laughs) we will get the real (laughs) honest answer from the person okay okay we'll see how we do yeah so this is like test your friendship (laughs) and your years (laughs) and I'm how, how, how long have you guys been friends Wow. Uh, I think we've known each other for quite a while, mm-hmm. uh, even before bare hands. But I yeah. think proper proper friendship maybe like four around four years, four really? five years. Really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really as in good or bad? <laughs> Longer or shorter, you think? Four maybe four four years ish la, yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we will test your four years of friendship and see <laughs> and I guess because you guys see each other every day as well. Yeah. Um to see how mm. well do you actually know each other. Yes. Alright, hit them with the first question, Ned. Okay. <laughs> so the first question is, what is each other's favourite food? Oh yeah, simple. Wow. Huh? Okay, okay. Oh, easy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. simple for one person. Uh-oh. Okay, wait, wait, wait. cool. Jermaine, yeah, I mean, we should start. Of course, chicken rice. Yeah, <laughs> what? I always say that. <laughs> and it must be her grandma's chicken Why? rice. Why? Wow. Wow. Yeah. There's this ginger, uh, what's that, huh? The, the ginger the, 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 and the spring chives, onion. Uh, spring onion kind of mix. Yeah. Jermaine has been wanting to try but hasn't gotten a chance to yet. Yeah, <laughs> so Amma, if you're listening, okay, I want to eat. <laughs> okay, I'll make sure my Amma listens to request. this. Hello, Amma. Ni hao, Amma. <laughs> Shout out to Amma. Okay, so what's my favourite food? I don't know. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Uh. Well, Jermaine's actually a very. She's a foodie lah. So she. I think she mm. likes a lot of food. Okay. Uh, she. On, on her Google Maps, like she has a lot of like start like places. <gasps> so I would say like her favorite thing is to try out new food. So I don't know okay, if you have okay, like fair. a specific favorite food, but I know you like to try like new food. Like new restaurants and Okay, all that. correct. Correct? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Do you have a favourite food? No, don't have. I'm correct. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Okay. need that Google Maps pin, man. I want to see where you want. <laughs> a lot. It's a lot. It's it covers the whole Singapore map. <laughs> okay, question number two. What does the other person do when she first wakes up? The first thing. I mean, other than opening your eyes and, you know, like stretching a little bit. What hmm. does the other person... What do you think the other person does when she first wakes up? 
I think Jermaine will go back to sleep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Relate. That's quite true. That's quite true. <laughs> I know what will Chanel do. She will read her, her messages. Be yeah, busy. it's true. <laughs> I'll, I'll look at my phone. Because I turn off my data when I sleep. Okay. So first thing I do is yeah. I turn off my data and see whether I got any messages from Jermaine. <laughs> <laughs> but Jermaine's still sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do after I wake up. After <laughs> like the 49th time, you know. <laughs> All the alarm snoozes. Yes. <laughs> okay, and finally, so so far you, you guys are doing pretty well. Well done. Finally, <laughs> the last question. What does the other person love most about herself? Love most, sorry, not with the EG. Love most about herself. What? Oh so give me something deep. internal, something external. Like what does Jermaine love most about, about herself? Yeah. Even I don't know. <laughs> Please tell me, enlighten me. <laughs> okay, maybe for Chanel would be her like being able to meet a lot of people and then, you know, being the joker. Am okay, I? not really joker <laughs> la, but yeah. Something like that. Like extrovert. Right? <laughs> Energy and extrovert. Energy, yeah, yeah. Aww. Like meeting different people, her friends, driving around. I don't know. She drives me around. That's nice. <laughs> what you love most about me. <laughs> that is true. Uh, maybe, I feel like Maybe Jermaine will like her, even though okay she has a age. But I feel like she has a. <laughs> oh my god! Has, like, mean I, have an age. I will not Everybody reveal it here. But she has her eight year old self. She has an eighty year old self. She has an eighteen year old self. And so I think that uh, like allows her to relate to a lot of different kinds of people. Oh, wow! Okay. Very so I don't know if you like it about you I like it. I but I like it also la. Thank you okay. <laughs> Self affirmation within the team. And me a good friends. <laughs> Great, and yeah. that's the end of our little game. So <laughs> we got full marks. Yeah, not bad. A full marks. Three upon three. Yay. Yay. <laughs> you get for Chanel and Jimmy. Well, your turn. <laughs> um, maybe so if you do a podcast, yeah, yeah, we play the game. <laughs> Okay, so it seems like you guys know each other really well from that little game over there. But we're curious, how did this like friendship become a business? AKA, our bare hands. Like, how did it all start? Oh, um, it's, okay, it's quite a long story. But basically, I remember very vividly, we're church friends. So mm. we met in a room in church. So Chanel, myself, Chanel's best friend. <laughs> best friend. Hui Shi, hello. Hi, Hui Shi. <laughs> Basically, another of Chanel's uh, friend, and then Mitchell, who is our third uh, co-founder. So the four of us were in the room, and then we were kind of doing an AAR of a project that we were doing. So the project was a sustainable coffee farming project up north in Myanmar, uh, wow. whereby yeah, whereby we kind of worked with the local farmers there mm. to, to swap their crop. You know, instead of planting poppy, they instead they plant coffee. Yeah, so it was a poppy to coffee mm. project. Yeah, poppy is not very good, but <laughs> yeah. So essentially, after that whole project and, and a little cafe that we kind of started in the heart of Myanmar, so it's Yangon, mm. um, in the city of Yangon, uh, we realized that, hey, actually there is a lot that we can do because the cafe that we had in Myanmar, we hired um, a lot of uh, young youths, la, youths. Mm. Okay, they are of legal age, of course, <laughs> but yeah, so they are about 18, 19, and a lot of them uh, aren't academically inclined in that sense, mm. but they're really good with their hands. Yeah, so after two weeks of training them, uh, we got a friend who was also an ex, uh, a big a big coffee joint in Seattle, okay? Mm. One of the biggest, yeah, hint, hint. Mm, he was in Seattle. Ex- yeah. <laughs> and he was an ex-barista there. So, oh. so happened, he, he was living in Yangon. And so he took two weeks off to kind of train the, the boys. Mm, wow. Yeah. So after training them, we ran the, the cafe for a while. Then we realized that, hey, actually we can do so much more with the, the young men there. Um, mm. And so that's when Hui Shui and Chanel uh, spent some time uh, in Myanmar, right? Yeah, so I think the both of us, we spent around a month and a half. Um, half of the time, we were in a coffee farm up in Shan State in Myanmar. And the other half, we spent in the city um, with the yeah with the youth that we hired mm-hmm. for the cafes. So I think the whole idea about this coffee project was very much, is very much geared with the whole uh, no pity thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And here we have these three boys that were pulling really exceptional coffee from mm-hmm. the highlands of Myanmar. And every single cup of coffee had a story to tell in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this cup of coffee was made by this local tribe up north in Myanmar, which the local citizens never knew about. 
Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it's not just like the local citizens, mm. but also people who are tourists who are visiting Myanmar. They mm. never saw Myanmar as the country for like good coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that kind of really changed the game. Yeah. And so I think the both at the coffee farm, like there was also a sustainable business, um, a, a sustainable coffee business there, and the city, the cafe that we were doing. I think both of it, the philosophy was the same, which was to work with the local communities. Um, and kind of like upskill them and allow them to reach the potential that they are able to reach. Yeah, I think mm. I see that especially with the the youths that we hired um, in the cafe. A lot of them, they were they, they were told that they could only achieve like a certain level of capabilities, you know, but to have someone to tell them they can actually achieve so much more, mm. I think that was very mm. life-changing for them. Mm. Um, yeah, mm. I guess what Jermaine said, it's not about... Um, selling pity story and seeing them as someone as less but mm. seeing that we are all equal mm. you know maybe they might have exposed to less resources yeah. or less opportunities yeah. and that's what makes us like on a different like skill but I think that's why bare hands exist to kind of like tip the skill a little bit to um, yeah make resources and opportunities yeah more available to, mm. to these communities mm. yeah so I remember in that room when we were kind of sharing our own experiences mm. and you know yeah Chanel was also sharing your experiences uh, yeah. particularly in India whereby your school trip and you visited mm. and some this of is before the, bare hands yeah. before bare okay. hands yeah so you, you visited India right yeah there were a lot of like artisans craft mm. artisans as well and then for myself I was just sharing about this idea probably too far-fetched a dream and too far-fetched an idea to actually re- uh, realistically come together you know in day one but as we kind of like meshed both ideas kind of together that was actually the the day the start of our journey of really bare hands coming to life la. yeah I remember I, I think the three of us uh, we had our ideas on what we could do yeah. for the future if we were to actually start something mm-hmm. and then as we were sharing we realised that the heart of it is so similar yeah. and so in that moment mm-hmm. it kind of like clicked like oh is something actually happening here you know beyond the beyond the coffee project and mm-hmm. are we on to something and it was really quite an amazing moment like, mm-hmm. our eyes it's like, like fate open. that everyone is all <laughs> yeah. in the same room. Just like open and look at each other like, is something going <laughs> to happen? It's a light bulb for <laughs> lighting up right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a eureka moment of sorts. Yeah, but I think it was something that we were, were not actually very sure if we were going to do it, even though we really wanted to do it. But because like, at that point, I was still in school and Jermaine was um, working at a different like company. Mm. And so it, yeah, I, I think both of us had think carefully like, whether this was a step that we wanted to, mm. to take. So I think after that after that meeting in that room, the three of us kind of like went back, thought about it. Yeah, and I and I guess we discussed more and after multiple conversations, like we decided that this was something that we really wanted to embark on. Mm. We didn't know how exactly it was gonna look like. But I think our vision and mission was very clear, mm. uh, which was to equalize opportunities mm. and resources um, to these communities whom we have met um, even before starting Bare Hands. Mm. And that was really our motivation mm. in, in starting. Yeah, and mm. I guess along the way, mm. we kind of like pivoted here and there and to mm. become where mm. we are at today. Oh, yeah. oh, that's so amazing. I love that well, from that one day in that room, you have like... Yeah, our bare hands now. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's so interesting that you guys are in the business of empowering. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Mm. I guess you can say that. Although, uh, we try not to use the word like empowering because mm-hmm. it might seem a little bit like oh we are on the oh, top yeah. and right. like, we are okay. giving another yeah, person yeah. something. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, I guess we see a lot of it more of like we are partnering. Mm-hmm. We're partnering these communities mm-hmm. because they have they have as much value to add as mm. much as we do. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so... Mm. Yeah, but in a sense, like, in the normal way of understanding empowerment, I guess that's where mm. we are. That's what we are doing. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. An image that I have in mind is mm. kind of like a bridge as well as a hand-holding kind of mm. uh, image. Yeah, I mean, don't want to be cliche and, you know, with the old our yeah. bare hands and then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> hand-holding. Yeah, but essentially, it's kind of bridging resources and mm. opportunities from every side of the table, right. you know? it's not just from our end but also from the artisans and you know a lot of the artisans that we meet at the end of the day Mm. we learn so much more Mm. after meeting them yeah Yeah, and it's not so much about us being on a high pedestal and then you know only us that have Mm. the resource but they themselves they know exactly where to get like materials or you know Mm. the market Mm. in the local Mm. scene yeah so there's a lot of things that we can kind of share and learn equally Mm. Mm. yeah yeah 
Love that. Okay, so for the both of you, since you you are both such good friends and you're also business partners, and you know how people always say, oh, you shouldn't work with like your friend in case anything yeah. happens and then you yeah, don't... Everything goes sour. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so... How... <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> so how has that been like for the both of you, working together as friends? Mm, I think when we decided to start something like Bare Hands, we did like have many people coming to us and say, are you sure you want to work with your friend? Because mm. I guess there are a lot of, yeah, like stories, right? Yeah. Of how yeah. like friendships sour because of like starting a business together. And I think we were very aware of that. Um, mm. I think that was also important uh, for us to recognize that there is that danger. Mm. I think if we go in thinking that we will be okay, we will be very complacent and we won't um, yeah, be conscious of, you know, what are the pitfalls mm. um, to working together with your friend. But I think so far in the two years, it has been really great. Um, of course, not to say yeah. like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not to say like yeah we agree on everything yeah. or there was never ever like tensions or whatever mm. but yeah I think that the very important thing is to be open and transparent in our communications mm. and I think it really helped that all three of us including Mitchell our third founder uh, we are very uh, like-minded and our convictions stay strong la. the core of what we believe in yeah it's, it's the same so even though like we might differ in how we see the execution to be like and the plans but we mm. know and I think trust has to be there mm. to trust that even though like it may be different but deep down it comes from a place where we want bare hands to succeed we want our artisan yeah. communities mm. to flourish and if we trust that that heart is there I think yeah there's no disagreement or differences that we cannot sort out mm. so yeah how is yeah. working with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess the the reality is that there is no perfect friendship neither there is yeah. neither is there a perfect relationship yeah mm. you don't not enter something you know just because you know that it might turn sour yeah, mm. yeah I think the, the the thing for us was about trying to also kind of outline the boundaries and mm. and outlining what if it does not turn the way that we want it to be yeah, yeah. and these things can be worded out it can mm. be discussed at the start mm. um, of course not everything can be discussed at the start because you might not know certain things and you might not know what you don't know mm. yeah so but along the way it has to be kind of brought up to the table and we need to know like Chanel mentioned right the baseline is that we trust each other as mm. like, I mean we are normal human beings <laughs> right yeah and normal human beings we share the same faith mm. um, and also there is a certain baseline that we're already starting from mm. and it's not about I'm targeting you as a human being yeah. you know like you know, I don't want to see your face, that kind mm. of thing. Yeah, and then I guess the last thing is about holding grudges. I think that is absolutely important. Uh, not just for friends, but also, I mean, in marriages. Like to, to <laughs> not hold grudges. Yes, not hold... Oh, sorry, yes. <laughs> not hold <laughs> Yeah, so to really not hold grudges. Yeah, offenses. Yeah, offenses, you know, just keeping your heart. I think that is just not healthy mm. in any friendship or in a business relationship. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, like, when we first started, we made it a point to say that um, to all of us like the two of us to agree that our friendship and yeah, the fellowship that we share is as important or even more important mm. than the business yeah. and so mm. even if yeah. we maybe possible down the road we come a point in time that we really cannot agree on something but like to not take it personally and say like yeah nothing is going to shake the the, the bond that we have like, as people yeah mm. Mm. wow that's so important alright my yeah. friends tips and tricks for doing business with, with your friends, your friends. <laughs> number one trust Number two, don't hold grudges. Number three, lay expectations. And your communication has to be yeah. up there. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so we really love your heart and entire story of how you guys came about, how you started. But what is it exactly that you do in terms of, you know, partnering with artisans, partnering with the uh, people from these communities from the other countries on a daily, or more, or more daily basis? Yeah, so when we first started, we started with two artisans from two different communities. I mean, now it's 2021. Okay, yes, two years on. Mm -hmm. um, we have, thankfully, we have grown to about 10 communities wow, so uh, cool. in eight countries. Times five. That's right. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and all these different communities and artisans come from different places mm -hmm. and they are also of different demographics. Yeah, so the approach that we take is always going to be an, a tailored one. 
mm-hmm. uh, because of our whole mission and our whole philosophy behind. You know, you can't take a one size fits all and then yeah. kind of like just yeah. you know just replicate. Yeah, replicate mm-hmm. it from uh, artisan to artisan or community to community. In in essence, we how we work with them is that we first get to know of them either from our own personal context or um, like say if both of you have you know, artisan yeah. friends, yeah. yeah, that you know of, or any of your friends' friends who know, mm. yeah, you can always let us know. Then we will have a first session kind of together just to understand a little, a little mm. bit on who they are, you know, and then they get to know a bit about us as well. Yeah, after that, we, are, we will kind of really assess whether this is the right partner for us at mm. this time because mm. the artisan yeah. growth also has to be in sync with Behan's growth. Yeah, mm, yeah so... Yeah, so after a bit of assessment, uh, a little bit of like, uh, it's like a, a dating thing, you know, like, you know, <laughs> <Sarah Jermaine. laughs> We don't date all, but like... <laughs> you think we don't date all? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we also don't date some, but essentially, you know, it's like a dating session. But I really get to know of the of the artisan first. So <laughs> I get to know session. <laughs> okay, get to know. So anyways, after that... <laughs> we kind of uh, lay out expectations and say, okay, if we if Behans were to actually partner you, mm. um, what would you expect? And then from their end as well, what do they expect? After that, everything is kind of, okay, green light, right? From mm. both ends. Then we start a little project to kind of sample uh, some of the items. Like, after we sample, and then that's when, uh, yeah, the usual things of like production and all that. Um, carrying on from what Jermaine has sh- shared, um, I think when we have that talk with them, I think an important thing that we do is to see how both sides can value add to each other. Because mm. that's what she said, they each have different like strengths. And I guess like here at Bare Hands, we have a pool of resources. It doesn't only have to come from the two of us at Bare Hands, but we work with designers and other creatives or you know financial partners and see how we can each, like, it's like a puzzle, right? How can we mm. fit um, into each other's like dreams? And so the, the gap can even look like you know creative support Support, selling of the products or like trainings or equipments I think wherever they are at we see how we can best like suit them I think our whole goal is to work with them on the long term mm. um, and so it's as much as possible even though we have that first project to see how that partnership goes we yeah we will work with them if we see a long-term partnership inside yeah, and I think that's quite important for us because we don't want to just like touch and go. I mean, we're not close to that if it fulfills like a purpose. But I think for most of our artisan communities, we do have a long-term strategy in partnering them mm. to fulfill what they want to fulfill. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, I think um, if you go to our website, <laughs> yeah, that's how we work with our artisans. We call it the bare hands way. Okay, it's a bit cliche and all that, but essentially, I think there's three parts to it. Mm. So first would be uncovering the potential of our artisans. Yeah. And then secondly would be to connect certain resources and opportunities to them. And then finally it would be creating uh, statement pieces. Um, and the statement does not just have to be stylistic or aesthetic wise, but mm. it's a statement that has been made by somebody may or may not be by hands per se but it's somebody who is a real person mm. there's a there's a face behind that yeah and so the whole tagline of bare hands is really that it's your statement i think it's a play on the word lifestyle brand like each piece um, is a statement piece but also when a consumer buys a product it's also they're making a statement in um, how they choose to put their money and to say that each product um, has a story to tell and there is a real person and a real face with a real story that's behind mm. this product that yeah. um, that you are wearing and I think when our consumers meet other friends or so I think a lot of them mm. also try to tell that story of the artisan community that make their product and I think it's a conversation starter to yeah. keep conversations like this yeah, going on in their social yeah. circles yeah. Mm, that's so meaningful like it's, it's not just like another earring another piece of clothing you put on there's so much mm. that goes into that piece of accessory mm. or, yeah. or clothing right and, and wow I just like marvel at the amount of work that goes behind producing <laughs> everything I mean you guys really know the full extent of it lah but it's like a very long journey mm. of sorts from like you know, the meeting and then the yeah. all the way to the execution yeah. all the way to the end when mm. the product comes to the hands of the customers okay so let's talk about dreams just now Jamin mentioned that this is a little dream of hers and then it merged with yours and then it, it all ended up into our bare hands so has doing a business like this been a dream of yours for a very long time or when did this dream come about 
I think it wasn't a it, it's not a really long time mm. you know it's not like I, I I was born and then you know like I want to <laughs> start bare hands you know out of my mother's womb <laughs> 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 I don't think anyone was expecting I that a, I have a very weird image in my should, head now. <laughs> I think I should ask my mom if I was <laughs> okay yeah but I mean it wasn't a really long time but I think I do remember a time in my in my life mm. yeah whereby you know when I was in uni I was in church and somebody kind of shared about human trafficking uh, organization oh. and there was a whole cause behind that uh, not to human traffic uh, of course <laughs> yeah not to human traffic but of course to kind of stop that yeah and and they were sharing a lot about that as well as other social causes mm. as well and then there I was sitting and I don't know it was just that specific moment in time whereby I had this vision whereby I was together with other children mm. uh, out in the village yeah and and the village wasn't a very pretty or modern okay mm. not a modern village yeah it was out in the rural outskirts and there I was you know thinking yes after I graduate I'm definitely going to go out to this oh, wow. rural village and I'm going to do something like that something humanitarian mm. like okay mm. not so it wasn't a yeah it's not so like oh I'm a goody two shoes or whatever <laughs> but it was just something that I felt really moved mm. uh, emotionally as well as like yeah in every sense like it was then that kind of started and kick-started mm. the entire journey and the and the whole dream of going to do something like that mm. um, and but of course things were never that way mm. and after I graduated I did different things definitely totally different from what I wanted to do which is bare hands of course yeah but now I'm at bare hands so yeah to answer the question whether starting a business was a dream of mine I would say never <laughs> oh. yeah because I think I'm quite a risk averse person mm. and so starting a business comes with a lot of risk and so it's something mm. that I've never actually thought about until a few years ago when we had that conversation in yeah. that room yeah <laughs> but I think that conversation it sparked everything yeah but I think like since young, like I had a dream. I've always wanted to do something humanitarian related. Mm. I think I was very inspired by those TV dramas where, you know, like a bunch of doctors go to this rural village and spend their lives just like giving free medical mm. clinics and all that. And so growing up, I thought like, you know, if I want to help people, like I need to be a doctor because saving lives is the most noble thing you can do. But again, like things don't always go the way you plan. I think along the way, the different experiences I've had, I guess like kind of show me that um, saving lives in a medical like health way isn't the only way contribute uh, your your skills to build mm. communities and yeah I think along the way and the different experiences be it with school or like personal travels where I met different communities I saw how business was actually a very important tool that can mm. be used to provide not just jobs and income but like a, like a sense of a dignity yeah. for, for the individual and for the family mm. and for the whole community and I think the time at uh, me Myanmar really opened up my eyes to see what like the power of business can do. I was from business background mm. but I never wanted to do business. It was more like a parents like <laughs> saying that this was a practical cause to, to take even mm. though like in my heart I wanted to do something more people like directly people centered. So I kind of spent my first two years in business school like questioning why was I here? Because to me then business was just a very dark place where it's all about making money or even marketing was all about convincing the customers to buy things that they don't actually need and feeding the whole consumerism part of like capitalism that I didn't actually really subscribe to mm-hmm. and so in my mind I was just like okay let me just get this business degree done and then I'll pursue what I really want to do like, be it like social work or what my experience in India and Myanmar yeah really opened up my eyes why do I think that giving back has to look um, in a certain way and it almost came from a it came from a very privileged position right mm. of me wanting to to give back to society mm. and in a sense it wasn't actually for the community like it was just to feed my own like ego and to feel good about myself as I do all these like good things mm. I saw how business was very was very crucial in providing livelihood I mean I did like a stint in an NGO that does humanitarian work and I saw how the stories that I heard and the people that I've met I couldn't unsee and unhear that and I knew that I wanted to do something to solve problems that people were facing but not in a I want to solve your problem mm-hmm. kind of thing but seeing them as as valuable as people and how can we both partner each other which I think then like, I guess business is a very good platform for that right because in a charity people kind of see you as a benefactor where you just give them handouts and all that which is good 
but there is never that equal standing that you can have with them lah. Whereas like a business, you are really forming partnerships. Yeah, I think I remember my time in Myanmar, whereby we just raised funds to have some sort of like an educational project. I remember my time in Myanmar, whereby we raised funds in Singapore to kind of purchase products, uh, educational products in Myanmar, mm. and that was when we actually kind of distributed it to different street kids. You know, lack of a better word. Yeah, street kids all over. Myanmar. I think that was great in itself because mm. the kids was obviously able to get educational supplies for yeah. a year. But the big question after that was, then what? You know, mm. after that one year, you know, are they going to have enough money to purchase the uniform? Are they going to have enough money to purchase slippers? Or you know, what about their stationery? Mm. They are going to use up all their notebooks, the twelve notebooks that so we've given. It's more like them. a life. I mean, a long term plan instead of like a short term plan yeah. kind of thing, is it? Correct, yeah, and and with that, you know, even though they had that whole school bag for that period of time, they were so happy, you know, they're all oh. like screaming, shouting for joy. But after that, there's no continuity mm, to yeah. that, yeah. And I think the idea about education, I think, is the same philosophy as why we started Bare Hands. Mm. It's about instilling in them a self sufficiency. Yeah. Yeah, touching on that actually, with like everything that Bare Hands is doing, not only have you both grown your own dream, but you also have played a huge part in fulfilling the dreams of like your artisans, your partners, and the communities there. So, are there any interesting stories that have come out of that? I mean, we know that you guys visit them as well, right? And I'm sure being able to meet with the people that produce your products is something quite special. Cause I'm sure like not a lot of brands do that, right? Like, yeah. So I mean, we have a lot of stories. <laughs> Sometimes we wish we had more time to write it out and to share with mm. our consumers. Mm. But I mean, we are swamped with a lot of different other things. So I'm glad we have this platform to also mm. be able to share. I think the first thing, the first community that came to my mind was actually it's actually a local community i mean you're right to say that for the overseas the international communities we do try and take time to visit them mm. but i guess covid kind of uh, yeah. put a, a, a halt to that we had to postpone quite a few of our trips yeah. last year uh, but that also made us um, be able to look at what is actually so much nearer around yeah. us which mm. is our local communities so we met this mother through an ngo program we kind of like pitched this idea of like learning a new skill like a uh, craft like embroidery and so when we were in that room of like maybe I don't know eight to ten mothers, um, a lot of them were actually very excited when we shared um, what this project could mean for them. But this mother, she was actually quite quiet. Mm. Um, so out of all the mothers, I feel like she was the one that we didn't actually think would be interested mm. in it. So after the workshop, um, out of the eight to ten mothers, actually like around four mothers were interested so that they put their name to sign up for this training program that we were conducting with uh, another local artist mm. and so on that day itself turns out that only one mother turned up oh. <laughs> yeah and that mother turned out to be that mother whom we were least expecting mm. to come la. and so she seemed very guarded even during the training yeah she kind of saw it as yeah I'm just here to like learn a skill and maybe to earn some side income mm. and all that that was like two years ago and after that project we actually did more projects with her she's actually mama Sammy yeah. if you see on our website now, Artisan she's Mama Sammy and she's responsible for like the knot bags and the mask and the scrunchies that wow. we used to have yeah and so like she's good with her hands mm. so she's a mother of two and I think we kind of like made friends with her it was beyond like, just like a business artisan kind of a partnership mm. but like during Chinese New Year we would go over to her house have steamboat with her and her son and we will go yeah we kind of like make regular trips to her place to they're just like chit chat and have fun. Actually, this coming um, Friday, we are going over to just like have a meal with her, find out how she's doing and all that. I think what was very touching is like over the two years, seeing how she trusted us more and more. And mm. from the beginning, when she was very guarded, she didn't really share anything about her life to now wanting us to befriend her son even and seeing how we can bring in our both like husbands and like boyfriends that like, come in to like mm. be friends with them also yeah and seeing she's also opening up more about her life and mm. yeah and seeing it is as a two-way thing like not so much just like us trying to help her get a side income mm. or whatever but she sees that she also has value to add um, to us she calls us like Xiaomi you know <laughs> they were like okay send me that kind of thing. so it's really like a it's a very cute friendship that we have like, and I think we really enjoy our time with her mm. and the moments that 
she both I guess both sides are able to be vulnerable with each other I think it's always very precious to us mm. yeah one other community is an overseas community in Myanmar so her name is Ewa um, she's the lead artisan as well as she runs the artisan business she has mm. made it a business because she started off hiring people with disabilities back when her mom was kind of a nurse working in a hospital for leprosy so she helped to teach them craft back then many many years ago mm. so right now it has kind of grown to 25 artisans but wow. of course things have kind of changed in Myanmar so it's on pause yeah mm. but I think we were there when? when March last year, March 2020. We were very glad we managed to yeah make one last trip. I think Myanmar was the last community trip we went to before borders started closing and all that. So when we went there, you know, she was sharing about all her different experiences. She was just sharing all her different struggles because she actually gave birth um, to a daughter when we were there. So, okay, not, not, we didn't help to give birth. <laughs> yeah. Again, I don't think anyone thought that. <laughs> Jump in. I'm a midwife. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, she was she just gave birth to a daughter, and her daughter was only a few a couple of months old. Mm. Yeah, but she was there really sharing all her struggles as a woman, uh, largely because she was the sole breadwinner for her for her family. She was um, taking care of her in laws who was living who were living with her, and at the same time she was looking after the twenty five artisans. Oh. And at the same time, she just gave birth. Yeah, and her mom wasn't in the place where she was at. Mm. Yeah, so she was just sharing all these different struggles and challenges as a woman, um, having to do all these things and having to really juggle with all these different responsibilities. Mm. So she was there, she was tearing up a bit, and she said, actually, you know, it's really hard. You know, there were many, many times that when she, she really asked, you know, why am I doing this and, and do I really want to, to continue mm. on or not? Like, can I even continue on ne- next month? And I think she said this thing which kind of really got me thinking. She said, you know, you won't really understand how much we go through as mm. women. Mm. And I guess at that point in time, we were sharing a commonality. Not just because we are women, right? But, yeah. but largely because we, were, we are juggling so many responsibilities. Yeah. And there are so many expectations of society mm. that are placed unknowingly, you know, on women. Mm. Yeah, and our cultures are different. But I think in some sense, we are also very similar. Yeah, and, and for us, because we run a business and she runs a business as well. So we can totally understand where she was coming from there was a part where she said actually there was this month that she wasn't sure how she was going to pay all the salaries of her artisans and so happened you know for us at bare hands we decided to send her the final amount that we were supposed to pay her and she said actually you will not believe it that amount was just enough for me wow. to yeah. it was like exactly that amount that oh she gosh. was yeah. waiting for I'm getting goosebumps yeah. listening to this yeah. And that was just, yeah, just tun tun, you know, you know just wow. at that point in time, it was like, this is just enough to cover all my artisans That's and so still good. have a little surplus. Yeah, when we heard that, you know, for, for me personally, I just felt like, you know, this is something that goes beyond just paying your artisan or yeah. just paying their wage or your salary. Mm. This is something that is a bit more, there's a certain sharing of, uh, of yeah. hearts, mm. yeah, in terms of her sharing her struggles and we sharing ours as well. But then mm. on the other hand, it's so timely. And because it's so timely, you question, right, how, how is it so timely? Yeah. Definitely, it's not just a pure coincidence. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. makes sense. I love how like, it's not only about selling products or like, making products, but it's really about like the relationships, really about yeah. the internal impact, if you Definitely. will. Mm-hmm. with all the artisans with all your yeah so I think picking up from what you shared about the lady um, in Myanmar your, arti- your artisan yeah, uh, friend Ewa. in Myanmar yeah yeah Ewa like we're all in the same boat in that we all have started something before and even for her not really struggling but like going through this entire process of and the entire season of not being able to know what's going to happen the unknown are there any struggles that you've had you know since starting our hands or even just in your own entrepreneurial journeys we all know that behind the scenes it is a lot it takes a lot more grit and a lot more perseverance through you know failures and all that more than anything else yeah so just wondering if there are any struggles that you've got or any challenges that you've got growing out of hands or you know working with artisans over the past few years 
I think the answer is definitely yes. And yeah, struggles happen on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, you know, when you're juggling so many different responsibilities, especially at the stage that we are at, that is mainly just the two of us. Yeah. Personally, I think right now, or even when I first decided to start something like Bare Hands, mm. knowing that this is the path that you are going to take and yeah. that you have decided to take and not looking left and right and seeing that yeah, the grass is like greener that. on the other mm. side. In the school that I was in, when I was starting Bare Hands, I think everyone was like applying for very prestigious just jobs mm, with high paying salaries yeah, and sense. you know they were all about just like coming up with like a very good like resume internship experiences mm. and all that but those even though those things don't, didn't really interest me yeah but I think uh, looking around and seeing so many people doing it I would be lying like if I said that that didn't get to me and yeah. like wondering if I was being a bit too idealistic yeah. to try and do something new Completely that was different. Unconventional. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like that was different from my peers around. And mm. I think at that point in time when I was still in school, it didn't hit me as much. Um, I think right now when all my friends uh, have graduated, yeah. have started working for one, two years. And mm. yeah, I think it's a constant battle in my mind, you know, yeah. to always remind myself why did I decide to start something like Bare Hands in the beginning yeah. and staying true to the purpose of it. Mm. I think um, seeing the worth and the value of something like Bare Hands, I think the struggle is really when you start to forget why you yeah. started something like that. Mm. Um, but I think it's great because like we have, we didn't start this alone. Yeah. I think that's where like having co-founders that are so like-minded is super helpful mm. to kind of like nudge each other yeah, and like, like journey uh, together with you. Yeah, and like when one of, and when one person is kind of like forgetting, the other person can like remind. When we struggle, we know that we don't struggle alone. The stories we shared just now in those moments it really reminds us of why we are doing what we are doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because before Bare Hands, I was working full time, and mm. not that Bare Hands is not a full time job, but working full time in the sense that I was in getting corporate. Yes, area. a corporate yeah a job whereby mm. I was getting a steady income. Whether I wake up in the morning and do work or don't do work, the money comes in the bank. Mm. Okay, in some sense, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To put it very very bluntly, so for me to really step out of that whole world, that corporate world, once I was very sure that mm. yes, why I want to do these things is because of ABC, yeah, and not because of X Y Z. Yeah, okay, yeah. Why <laughs> I want to do these things is because of a reason that goes beyond just money. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for me, the question is, what does your entire life revolve around? You know, at the end of your life, if you're on your deathbed, what is the one thing that you want to see? Is it your mm. bank account that is from $1 to a million dollars? Or do you actually want to see like your family and friends gather around your deathbed? You know, mm. what is that one thing at the end of the day? And actually, when you pass on, somebody did say, are you living for your resume or are you living for your eulogy? Wow. Yeah, I think in that sense, when you put life in perspective, it does give you a, a broader horizon yeah. of what life actually means. So the struggle is always remembering that every step of the way, it's not like, oh, just because at that time I had that epiphany and then now, oh, forgot, let's just yeah. get on with life. Yeah. But it's more of like remembering that and reminding myself why, like what Chanel mentioned, right? Like, why did you start this in the first place? Where are you going? Where mm. are we going? What's the goal at the end of the day? I think this is a very real struggle. La. Like, this whole idea of, like, imposter syndrome. Like, what you guys mentioned, right? Sometimes people think that, you know, entrepreneurs, they must be this certain way. They must kind of, like, always know what they're mm. doing. But you don't see all the behind-the-scenes of founders, like, doubting themselves. But I guess for bare hands, because we started out with a very big dream. And I think when people hear our stories, they're always... They're always inspired or always like wow you know this is such a great thing that you're doing and I think inevitably that also adds pressure when we start bare hands we know that we're in it for the long term it's hard like you work on this project today and tomorrow you expect to see results I mean that's not how the way we work lies it's really like a long-term commitment that we're making to our artisan communities and sometimes when process gets long you can get discouraged and you start to doubt your own ability on whether you are good enough to do something like that yeah and so I think that imposter syndrome is, is very real and I'm sure a lot of people feel that way in no matter what kind of jobs that they are in it can affect your mental health and all that so I think how we should cope with it is really just to be very open and vulnerable with, with people and you know that you are not going through this alone mm-hmm. and it's a way to step back sometimes I think when we started Bare Hands we know 
that bare hands did not ultimately belong to us. It's really all the hands that come into building something like bare hands and mm. to not always take things so personally, you know, like when bare hands undergoes a failure and then when mm. you take it so personally and then you start to feel like, are you a failure? Yeah, it's um, like putting your identity into yeah, the business. Kind yeah, of I thing. think it's very important for us to not make our business everything of who yeah. we are. Um, it's only an outpouring of what we believe in, right? And I think that is important for us to remember. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's so interesting that the struggles you guys shared were not material struggles, but really struggles that go on inside your head, like imposter syndrome and staying true to your cause. I think for Nat, I also relate. Like in doing a less, um, sometimes we get so caught up in like the day-to-day running of yeah. things. Right? I think you guys feel that also, that yeah. sometimes you really just need to take a step back and like, wait, why am I doing this? And mm. remember why you started everything. Mm. I think it's this kind of like, you know, encouragement, hearing from other people that kind of like acts as a, mm. a fuel of sorts to keep on going yeah. and to know that you're not is that what you said you know about like knowing that you're not alone on this journey yeah uh, whether or not it's you know your co-founders or it's other businesses other brands who are also feeling the same thing who are also on this journey alongside you i think that's where you know community yeah. that's where a journey with people comes in yeah so whenever like a random customer just like sends us a yeah. dm or writes us an email saying like oh, we really um, love what you do yeah. and I just received my products and I love it yeah. I love the quality like you guys mm. don't know how much that means to mm, us like sometimes both of us will just like take a screenshot and see like oh, you know yeah. it's, it's like a feel like adding feel yeah. to your journey yeah. as you go along yeah. 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 but mm. I guess it's the same thing about what Ned you mentioned right about identity where do you place your identity mm. if that if our identity is found in the business yeah. you know whether you know people change and there are thousands yeah. and thousands of people who have different perspectives of your business and of you yeah. so if one day you know they say great things the next day mm, a bad thing that's you true. Know? Yeah. and if you place your identity on that then you fluctuate are, as yeah, it goes right? you're going to have this roller coaster of emotions yeah. you know yeah. oh great great oh sad sad <laughs> <laughs> Yeah so, yeah, so I think that's really important. Mm. It's a constant struggle and it's yeah. a constant reminder. Yeah, mm. it's, that's why we are not there yet. It's kind of like yeah. ongoing yeah. process. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think no one will ever be yeah. like <laughs> there, yeah. isn't it? It's two people who have already walked the entrepreneur journey before. If there is something that you could tell yourself or your younger self or your self before, you know, our hands had started, anything. So any encouragement, any thoughts, or advice uh. <laughs> just because I feel like in our mm. generation say the 20s and 30s mm. um, around this generation thanks for we, including me yeah <laughs> hint <laughs> we are very different mm. I mean I feel like I was recently having a conversation with a grab hitch driver once and we were just mm. talking about how like many people in this in this age group range, in this yeah. age range mm. seem to want to have start your own business oh yeah like when you ask anyone around the street and you would they would either be starting on their own business, starting on their own dreams, mm. or doing something along that. And mm. it's all about, you know, passion over... Mm. Yeah, so I'm sure there are many people who want to know what your advice, what your thoughts are about this entire thing, and how... Yeah, just any pieces of advice that you can give to, like, mm. say, a younger self, or someone who's listening who wants to embark on this journey as well, yeah. on this entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur journey. I guess one of the things was... Um, about being a people pleaser. I think there are different personalities and for my personality, I don't think I'm somebody who will just go head on, head strong yeah. with my boss, right? I ended up people pleasing. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of just please different people. And after that, I, I truly burnt out. Essentially, it's going to be ups and downs every single day of my of work, right? I think this whole idea about like being a people pleaser, I think I'll tell myself really, you have to kind of think of it as your identity one is not found in your workforce yeah and two people pleasing can place your identity on the wrong object for people who are thinking about pursuing their dreams or their passion i think i would tell them to think of why you want to do it because as what natalie was saying there are actually real very practical concerns you know that comes with pursuing your dreams if that dreams may compromise on let's say um, yeah, income or if you have a family to support a, a house that's coming that you need to pay for I think these are real concerns that you cannot just ignore mm-hmm. I think it might not be fair also to the people that it might impact but not to say that you shouldn't pursue your dreams but really to think about why you are pursuing it and to see if that purpose is truly something you believe in and if it's something that you really believe in and you think it's worth it I would say to go for it mm-hmm. um, have people that surrounds you to support you also because pursuing your dreams alone is is not going to be easy at all and 
yeah, you at times need people to encourage you, to push you forward, and even to remind you of the whys that you are doing it. I would, to turn back time and to tell my old self, like, one thing, I would say it's okay to not have everything figured out. Um, or I even to tell myself now, no matter what age we are at, what season we are at, we always have this pressure to think that we need to have things figured out. But life just doesn't work that way, you know. Even if you really have, like, a grand plan for your life, plan down to the minute or hour, like, who knows what is going to happen yeah. next moment that is going to change your whole plan. Mm. And so, being comfortable with being uncertain is also a skill mm. that I would tell myself to to work on. I mean, yeah. if you told me three years ago that I would start something like bare hands, I would be like, nope, mm. I'm not going to do something <laughs> like that, you know? But you see, life has its own way of yeah. working itself out. Yeah. Another part on that is about redefining failures what this word failure actually means. I think because for us Singaporeans, many a time we have a certain plan of our life. Yeah, and there's this 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 idea of success mm. that the society has already it's painted. It's cookie cutter. Mm. Right? Correct. Mm. I mean, we can say on one hand that we don't believe in these things, but actually in society, if you just look at your friends, just look around, they, it's already there. This ideology and this idea of success already permeates Mm. our veins <laughs> yep. for me it's our life yeah not to say you cannot be a certain profession or you have to be an entrepreneur mm. start your own thing in order for you to break out of the mold I think it's not that that we are saying but rather to one to question why are you following these things right mm. for one and then number two is if you were actually to step out of that box what does that mean does that mean a failure are you a failure mm. you know if you could take a different route does that mean that you just couldn't tahan that, that mainstream route. Mm. I think that these questions that we need to ask ourselves, whether or not you're 20 years old, whether or not you're 40 or 60, I think these are questions to kind of keep us grounded and keep us looking at reality mm. and not just to go with the flow per se. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think those are really some real nuggets of wisdom we've got there. And not just that, but like throughout the whole conversation, we've heard so many inspiring stories and I'm personally feeling so inspired by the both of you and like what the both of you do with bare hands. No, <laughs> it's just, you know, mic drop moment with yeah. all the truth <laughs> bombs right there. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's ultimately the whole idea of success and really just mm. the whole idea of chasing your dreams and how you know the why and you just run for it yeah. and chase your dreams. On that note of like you do you, I think it's great for our our generation to do that. But at the same time, I think because as people and as human beings, we are no man is an island. Mm. So our actions definitely mm. do affect our community. Yeah. Yeah. Our actions definitely have a rippling effect to the mm. person on my left and right. Sometimes for our generation, I feel okay. I'm still in the same generation. Ah. <laughs> are you really? Yes, I am. Okay, so sometimes in this generation, we just are so passionate about doing something, and mm. then we kind of forget that actually there are other people yeah there are actually other people that are interwoven in our lives yeah yeah that need to be thought of that need to be cared for mm. um i think for me you know growing up uh you do see your parents kind of also growing older sometimes we can kind of just do what we want to do and we just forget that actually hey maybe i should be looking out for my parents a bit more yeah. uh, maybe i should be sparing a bit more thought mm. we just have that dinner on sunday mm. with them rather than going out to do stuff like with bands okay not that it's not that it's not that it's not right but mm. rather i think it's about not just living in a silo yeah. of you and your friends in mm. your generation but looking beyond that people that are of mm. many different generations mm. that are interwoven yeah. we're all part of this story right that yeah. we're all yeah. making and, and writing every yeah. single day yeah. yeah yeah it's like seeing the big picture and not just like focusing on yourself mm. and what affects yeah. you right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah or even Hopefully. like the big picture of your life mm. and seeing what legacy you want to leave behind what mm. things right. what impact you want to make in the world mm. totally yeah, yeah. Mm. Alright, and with that, we've come to the end of today's episode. Thank you again so much, Janelle yeah, and Jermaine, for joining you. us today. We had so fun. much fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this podcast. <laughs> yeah, and we hope you've been inspired by all that they've shared. And to stay updated with all of our latest content and see who will be joining us next, follow us on Instagram at ls underscore co and also follow our dot bare hands Yay. <laughs> yeah that is our bare hands instagram and also visit our website at www.ales.co once again i'm joy i'm natalie i'm chanel and i'm jamin and this has been coalesce the podcast bye, bye. bye. <laughs>